almost 13 years now. So uh, I worked for big companies, um, Cerner and Optum being kind of the two big ones. Um, and then I've also worked in, uh, in the ACO space with Caravan Health prior to the Signify acquisition. Um, and then most recently I was working for a point of care ultrasound company called Butterfly Network and recently took, uh, after doing a lot of consulting last year, I recently took the role of Chief Growth Officer for Harvey Health, which I'm week eight into right now. So very fresh. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, you know, tell us more about Heartbeat Health, uh, what, what you guys are into, what's the product about? Yeah. So it's exciting. Um, a little like personal history. My grandfather has stage 4 CHF. So uh, I've been a part of his support and care team for my entire life. And when I met with the Heartbeat team, they are tech-enabled cardiology services. They kind of have two um, kind of pillars of their business. One is the actual clinical services. We have the largest virtual cardiology provider group in the country, um, covering all 50 states. And then we also have tech that is part of that platform, which is really our, you know, think of it as our digital hub where a clinician can be in the state of Washington, log into their hub, and they can be either reading some diagnostics like EKGs, doing those interpretations, or they can be doing a visit with a patient in Florida. So um, it's really difficult um, to see a cardiologist and get in due to staffing shortages and if you're living in a rural area. So um, Heartbeat is helping to address that by making access to cardiology much more seamless and easier for patients to get the specialists that they need. Interesting, interesting. So. Uh, you know, what's the impact that you see uh, and that you wish to kind of bring in and where where are you in that journey? Yeah, um, well, I'm, I, I've always obviously had a passion for CHF because it is a manageable disease if you are educated and, and know. And a very simple uh, story that I like to tell is if you're, if you're in congestive heart failure, even the slightest bit of weight gain uh, overnight typically means that there's fluid collection around your heart and that can be a sign that you need to be seen by your cardiologist immediately to get you know diuretics um what's interesting is we uh, got my grandfather a living scale during my Cerner days which was almost a decade ago um and it would it was connected to uh his Cerner health record which i set up for him which would send me like a text message on my old razor phone nice. that his weight went up and so we could intervene and say hey pappy you know i saw that your weight went up we need we're going to get you in to see your cardiologist but a lot of patients don't have that, you know, support system. And what's, what's interesting is, of course, Heartbeat, it does partner with Withings to do some of that now. So it's 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 exciting that, that we were doing that, but now we're trying to do it at full scale. 
Um, but in addition to that, there's a lot of other cardiovascular conditions that are, we see. And a lot of, at least what I'm hearing at the conference, which has been interesting, is um, because of the staffing shortages or cardiologists are retiring, there's a need for specialty cardiology, like oncology cardiology, pediatric. Um, and a lot of these hospitals just don't have the resources to hire that person. They can't find anybody that wants to live in that area. And so being able to access our large team of cardiologists and still provide those services that are like high acuity needs, that's been incredible to see that come to fruition. But um, my job as chief growth officer is to really streamline what we're selling into the market and make sure that we're focusing on the right segments, the right buyers, and what can add the most value in terms of patient outcomes, but also, you know, obviously generate revenue being that we are a business that needs to make money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, on that note, so for, uh, so uh, walk us through, you know, how somebody gets onboarded, you know, both on the provider side as mm -hmm. well as from a patient perspective that how, you know, a patient can use the technology mm -hmm. and how provider benefits. Are. So there's two paths. So if we're working, let's say, with a primary care provider, um, which we do a lot of work in that space, typically the referral comes from the PCP or the primary care provider um, to us and, you know, Typically, it's uh, they've done some sort of recent diagnostic testing. We've done the interpretation on it, and if you know, see that that patient has a certain condition, the primary care physician then refers them to Heartbeat, and that's when they engage with our cardiologist and our we call them our heart heroes, which are doing a lot of care coordination. Um, that's kind of one referral path um, for Medicare Advantage plans. Typically, it's they send us an eligibility file based on a certain set of ICD-10 codes, um, so it kind of helps us to trigger patients that we could essentially help with. And the goal really there is to keep those patients out of the hospital, um, especially if they don't need to be in the hospital. Uh, we all know that the default is always to go into the ER. Um, and sometimes it's, those are end up being very expensive visits and can be prevented um, with the right patient education, the right medication titration. Uh, so that's one avenue. And then the third would probably be, um, which we've been having a lot more discussions at this conference, uh, would be the cardiologist actually uh, could refer patients to us if, we're, if they want to focus more on high acuity in-person visits and give us some of the services that they don't necessarily have time for, capacity for, um, and or don't have the specialty knowledge. And so we're doing a lot of peer-to-peer e-consults -peer e or they're referring their patients to us. In terms of what the patient sees, um, we work with a lot of um, remote patient monitoring device companies. Some are strategic in nature, some are just more a need based on the client. Um, and so they can either have that device connected to our platform for more automatic results coming in. However, for the older population, sometimes setting that connectivity up can yeah. be difficult. Um, so they have like a basic you know, blood pressure cuff um, and they can actually manually log their uh, stats or their data into the platform. And we find that for the older population, that seems to be where they are better engaged if they're actually entering it in themselves. Because if they can't get the tech to work, then they give up and then they don't want to report the data. So uh, we really are cautious about how we approach every single um, partnership to ensure that we're working with the patients based on what their level of acuity is, what their tech knowledge is, and making sure our heart heroes are engaging with those patients to make sure that they're actually, you know, following our protocol and, and happy with the services that we're providing them. Yeah. 
ಹ್ಯಾಂಡ್ That's, we had a really interesting conversation with a vendor yesterday about this, actually. Um, well, they obviously have to agree to the consent, and that consent form has to be provided to them with some contact. So a lot of people, if they get, you know, like let's say remote patient monitoring, they'll, they know what they're getting, but what they have to understand is what is the outcome going to be if they give us the data. Um, a good analogy that was shared yesterday was, you know, we all use... you know, maps like Google Maps or whatever, yeah. whatever your preferences ways. And when you're opening that app, you're, you know, giving, you know, access to your data, right? But you know what you're using it for. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you want Google Apps or Google Maps to have access to all yeah. of your data. So um, I think you have to structure the consent in a way that the patient knows exactly what the data is being used for um, and what they're going to get out of the program from the clinician. Otherwise, you know, they're going to question everything that's in there and why do you need this data, why do you need that data? Yeah. Um, but if they understand what the program is, it's much more of a check off the box for them to go through the process and then they go through, sign it and move on. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you know how do you plan to scale up uh, is it you know geography wise right. as a chief growth officer i think that's one of the primary things that you also might be looking at or yeah. are you adding certain more features to the app so what's the plan um so i think um i think i see a lot of startups suffer from this i don't know if i would call heartbeat a startup they've been around since 2017 um and we're a very mature series b organization but i see a lot of organizations that Uh, I call it shiny squirrel syndrome where they get an incoming lead or whatever and they're doing a lot of custom work for a lot of different clients um, and it's really important to make sure that there's like some streamlined focus on okay what are we selling in the hospital market it can't just be everything custom right you have to really think about what is the market asking for right now what can we deliver today versus potentially next year because of roadmap you know dependencies um and then have like very specific buckets of this is what we sell in this market this is what we sell in this market so i'm doing a lot of that uh analysis right now in my role cuz heartbeat has so many incredible partnerships but they're very very broad in terms of what we're offering and i want to be cognizant that we don't run our engineering teams out we don't run our our heart heroes and some of our ops team because every single thing that we're doing is custom every time so creating more uh repeatability in our process including very like basic tactical things like getting a CRM that is going to be um provide us more visibility into opportunities versus uh I know it's easy to do like really you know bolt on solutions uh but you have to have kind of a central like source of truth that everybody's working from um and so I'm going through that CRM diligence right now um but it's for me where we scale is going to be um streamlining exact, exactly what we're selling in each market and then hiring the right sales people or leveraging our existing sales team because we already have some incredible um assets there and making sure that we're focusing them in the right direction with the right set of sales enablement tools to go you know get us the revenue that we need yeah awesome awesome so you know uh 
if you could share any interesting success story or uh, something you know that that lifted everybody's mood uh, you know because you're trying to build tech you you have already built a company which is doing good yeah. so would would be interesting for the you know for everybody to listen to that um regarding harpy yeah um i think the it's interesting because before i came on board we weren't doing a lot of um work or even really selling into health okay. systems we were we were focused on mm -hmm. provider groups and medicare advantage plans um and we participated in the hosted buyer program and almost all the requests came from health systems and i love that because i've been saying that from day one and this validated that assumption that i had and i think that you know our business model could potentially look as uh, it could potentially look that we're a threat to cardiology groups that are you know owned or affiliated by health systems but what we found in the last you know two days in these conversations is we don't we're not a threat if anything we're an extension or we can help close care gaps that your cardiologists aren't able to get to because they're burned out, they're at capacity. Um, and so we provide the you know enablement for those cardiologists to do in-person higher acuity RVU type visits. And we can help, you know, for a perfect example would be patients in the hospital, they get released. Um, if that health system isn't a risk, you know, at risk and participating in some sort of risk model, um, we can do that post-discharge visit and make sure the patient understands their medication adherence, they understand what they were diagnosed with and all of that follow-up and then route them back to their cardiologist. So we're not necessarily taking visits away from the health system, but making sure that patient doesn't have a readmit and we're still keeping them in kind of the healthcare ecosystem and sending them back to their cardiologist. And that to me is exciting that health systems are leaning into that model. Um, so that just for me, I feel like we opened up a whole new channel for us to go after this year. And I love that space. So uh, I think we should, we can make incredible impact there. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, as you rightly said, with, with, a good number of uh, talent gap uh, in terms of you know doctors, cardiologists, and uh, in fact, I I talked to a couple of people yesterday where in fact getting good nurses uh, you know is also a challenge, right? Yeah. Uh, I think this is solving a major gap there because you know, when you collaborate, I think there's a lot to do. Yes, I have spoken with a lot of cardiologists that retired uh, during COVID. Uh, I mean, they were close to retirement, but going through that, um, I think they were just like. I have to walk away. Um, not to mention, I think that changed really the landscape of what was important to health systems um, in just the way how they how they spend money and who they partner with. Um, so there's a high, and I, I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but cardiology is one of the highest groups right now that is seeing a decrease due to uh, those physicians retiring early which is making it really difficult for patients with chronic conditions to be regularly seen by a cardiologist. They're having to wait, you know, three to six months to get in with that specialist. So I think it's important for cardiovascular diseases for those patients to have access to that care um, and to be educated on what it is they need to do for themselves to manage their condition. And right now that's, that's a huge problem. I mean, CHF and hypertension are one of the highest cost diseases uh, in the U.S. and a lot of them not necessarily can be, can be um, you know, we can't, once you have it, it's there, but we can help it, you know, get worse and we can help with prevention as well. Great, great. So, you know, finally, uh, coming to the million dollar question, right? Uh, so, what's what's the purpose and where do you see Heartbeat going? Oh, gosh. Um, I think for me, the purpose 
it, you know, having a grandfather that was a routine person in and out of the ER, the, for me, um, educating patients for prevention um, on how to uh, mitigate, you know, getting these cardiovascular diseases is, is really, really important to us, but really helping patients get care from the comfort of their home um, and keeping their support systems in the loop. I think that's really important. And when I think of rural communities or even urban communities where patients don't have access to transportation, you start to think about like that social determinants of health that everyone is speaking about. That's to me where we make the biggest impact is, you know, getting access to a cardiologist is difficult enough, um, but making sure that they understand why they need to see a cardiologist and, and doing it from the comfort of their home. I see that that's going to be a big pivot in the digital health community and, and not just for cardiovascular. I see that for patients with COPD, diabetes, et cetera, um, that's going to help lower that cost curve and improve patient outcomes going forward. Amazing. So great, it was nice talking to you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for being here and thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. And thanks for having me. This was fun. Awesome. So just waving to everybody that uh, who will be looking at us. Okay. I hope uh, you know you guys got to learn a little more about heartbeat and you know what impact they're bringing. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.